Hey, good morning. Happy Tuesday to you. Uh, Bruce and Judy with you right now. It is, uh, it's going to warm up a little bit. I'm just going to say, but it's, uh, it's, it's like one of those fakes. It's a faint of a punch that'll warm up just in order to get cold and ugly again. Isn't that how it always works? That's right? Chicago weather for mm-hmm. you. Um, so the weather itself, though, is leading to things. Now, uh, have you ever been ice fishing? I, I have it because it contains two things I'm not a huge fan of, ice and fishing. <laughs> sure. I love to fish, not in the cold. I'm not yeah. going out there in the cold. So uh, ice fishing, which, of course, Nick Gale's middle name, mm-hmm. um, involves drilling a hole in the ice. Yeah. And uh, well, you got to go out on the ice, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, in places. And, and we, we've had some discussions about this because it does seem a bit involved at times. But... I got to tell you, what I don't know about ice fishing, apparently, I'm learning from a mayor in Ohio. Mayor Craig Schubert is the mayor of Hudson, Ohio. Dare I say he should, he was. We'll get to that. And they were having a city council meeting. And there was a proposal to allow ice fishing on a city Pond, lake, etc. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. It's not an issue, but the mayor, well, he saw some problems with it. Additionally, if you open this up to ice fishing, mm-hmm. while on the surface it sounds good, it does. Then what happens next year? Does someone come back and say, "I want an ice shanty okay. on Hudson mm-hmm. Springs Park for X amount of time"? And if you then allow ice fishing with shanties, then that shanties. leads to another problem. What's that? Prostitution. I'm now sorry, what? Police <laughs> department involved. How the hell did we get to prostitution? Huh. We went from ice wow. fishing to ice shanties to prostitution. I think it was the word shanty that, that fumbled him up a little bit, right? Yeah. Um. He's resigned <laughs> Um. because, Good. yeah, um, he's possibly lost his ever-loving mind. <laughs> I mean, again, what I don't know about ice fishing would fill a very large room, but I never would have got, I don't draw the line, the lineage from ice fishing to ice shanties to prostitution. It seems like you skipped a bunch of steps in the middle there. Listen, he had a good defense, right? He said his comments were made out of concern for our community. What could become of unintended consequences of new legislation based on my prior Ugh. television news reporting experience? I don't even know what that means. What you've then just he- said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. May God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> then he continues, my attempt to inject a bit of dry humor oh. to make a point about this in the midst of a cold, snowy February mm. was grossly I, I don't think he was trying to make jokes. No. He just, no. I, I, here's this. I mean, I don't know what it could have been. What he could have said, you know, terrorism. Like, I don't, yeah. where else? <laughs> like, I mean. Wh- this is a guy who, when he opens his mouth, bad things come out. Well, he does seem a bit first full time. of himself. Yeah, it's not the first time he's, uh, something, some controversy has uh, Hudson, come out of him. Hudson, Ohio is far off the beaten path, but he, he does his, pour a little out, his wife passed away. Mm. Okay. Mm. He still refers to his first lady, Cherry Moyer. He's the mayor of Hudson, Ohio, and he refers to his ex-wife as first lady. Wow. He has big responsibilities in those little towns, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
She's got to make. She would be on the prostitution. Obviously, he's taking his job very seriously because he can foresee how ice fishing can lead to shanties. Which, as we all know, can lead to prostitution. What the hell's going on in Hudson, Ohio? It's like yeah. it's like the music man when he comes in and he says, you know, hey, see this pool hall? This is going to lead to trouble, and that's why you got to put all your kids in band. That's what's <laughs> happening here. He's pulling the music man. I know this grift. Yeah. Uh, fishing, don't even get your kids started. Yeah. yeah we all I learned know it from watching you, We all know what fishing leads to. We all to. know what fishing Prostitution. leads to. Prostitution. Okay. The first thing they try and then... You know, this is maybe one of the greatest things that we've invented is making sure we had cameras and microphones now at things like city council meetings and whatnot because you get those gems. I mean, hello, this is going to forever... And for the rest of my life, which could be about six hours at this rate, um, anytime I hear ice fishing, I'm going to think of prostitution, just so we're clear. it is they, Those two things are now indelible because of uh, Mayor Schubert, who has linked them together. But it's not the only crazy thing that's ever happened at a city council meeting or at one of these meetings. And again, thank God why we have that. So we got to go to Lincoln, Nebraska, Right. Because this is kind of where I was thinking. I was like, okay, man, we've had these other things, right? Lincoln, Nebraska, we have a city council meeting. Pretty normal. Yeah. They're discussing what's going on at the library. You know, city council meetings are boring, right? And then, you know, they, they let people, citizens, concerned citizens, get up and speak to the city council, and this happened. Lincoln has the opportunity to be a social leader in this country. We have been casually ignoring a problem that has gotten so out of control that our children are throwing around names and words without even understanding their true meaning. I'm talking about boneless chicken wings. I I propose that we as a city remove the name boneless wings from our menus and from our hearts. Boneless chicken wings are just chicken tenders, which are already boneless. I don't go to order boneless tacos. I don't go and order boneless club sandwiches. I don't ask for boneless auto repair. It's just what's expected. Okay, come on. He's got a point. Here, here. He's got a point. (laughs) Boneless chicken wings or chicken nuggets. And why are we throwing around that term? Mm. Well, I, he had my attention when he said kids were throwing around names and words without even understanding their meaning because that does bother me. We do that a lot, even adults. So I thought he was going somewhere with he this. Was. He was. Boneless he was. He was chicken going wings. nowhere. <laughs> he was taking up air. They are just chicken nuggets. They are. As and a it, fan of chicken nuggets, I know that. When I order the boneless chicken wings at the B-dubs, I'm getting chicken nuggets. That is, no. I, this is not, this boggles my mind. Boneless chicken wings are boneless wings. No, but it's not wing meat. No, they're not wings. Boneless chicken wings? Are they the little... It's breast meat. I've had... Chicken wings have bones in them. I I hate to break it. I've had boneless chicken wings. They take the bone out. It's still a chicken wing. It's not a nugget. No, it is. It's just like congealed chicken meat. Mm -hmm. Ouch. It's a lie. I'm tired of pretending it's not. Parts is parts. Okay, what are those little... They look like drumsticks. They're real tiny. What are those? They have bones in them. The drumette? I guess, but when you order boneless wings at like what's the number one place? They have Buffalo, like Buffalo Wild Wings. Wild wings. They look like wings, and they look no. like those little drumsticks. They so don't. They don't look did, like. 
How do they get the, they look like chicken nuggets? How do they get the bone out then, Judy? If it looks, just pull it out. But, there, but there's no exit wound. There's no like wound. If the bone's chicken nugget, if the bone's already oh in there and they God. just take the okay, bone out, where's? But I, I love nuggets complete. and you're making them sound you worse with exit wounds. Chicken boneless chicken wings are not even the chicken meat. No, it is. It's just it's just not the wing meat. The wing meat. They're not the wing meat. No, it's like breast meat. No, you know it's chicken breast. No. But in like little bite-sized form. Listen, I've had more chicken nuggets than all of you <laughs> combined. Okay, we know chicken nuggets are just fake. They're just—I hate to tell you, Bruce—they're just fake. What do you mean they're fake? They they're contain just, chicken. Maybe some chicken. Legally speaking, they're chicken. legally by by law they have to contain some chicken. Okay, so we've acknowledged that there's some chicken in there, but yeah, boneless chicken wings are just nuggets with sauce. And and I think that's a good use of city council time, honestly. You're, well, if you've you're been allowed. to a city council meeting, yes, this was actually everyone perked up. Because I can't, I Someone's don't like, I won't eat chicken wings. It's like a science project. I can't, I can't, I don't like chicken wings. I well, okay, wait, 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 wait. You just said they're chicken nuggets. No, no chicken boneless wings. chicken wing, boneless like. chicken oh, wings. Okay, but you'll yeah. eat boneless chicken wings then. Chicken nuggets. Yeah, those are chicken right. nuggets. Chicken nuggets. Just yeah. tossed in sauce. But I mean, will you eat them if they're called chicken boneless chicken wings? Yeah, because I know what they mean. Okay. I know that they're, they're trying to church them up. I'm like, mm, those are nuggets. And I'll have the nuggets. Thank you. Those are boneless chicken wings. Really? How'd you get the bone out? I'm, I'm going to say I, next time, where's the exit wound? As you said, Tom. Oh, you guys. Where's they, the exit wound for when boneless, you yank the bone out? boneless everything. I just assumed they were boneless Well, wings. but that's like calling a hamburger a boneless T-bone. Right? No, but yeah. there are boneless like, chicken okay, breasts. I buy right. boneless chicken breasts all the time. They are literally breasts. I can tell. They're right. chicken breast. So why can't they be boneless chicken wings? Mm. You because, bone them and you kind of push no, them back together and no. you fry them up real quick and they're done. Because chicken I wings. Will, uh, it, okay, yes. Yeah. No, I, 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 Judy, I would like to take you duck hunting and oh, I will God. show you how to go ahead and cut up a duck out there in the field. We're going to field, field dressing dress a duck. Okay. And you'll understand that on the back side of the breast is the bone. There's no bone through a chicken breast. No, there's mm. not. Whereas to a wing, it's through the it wing. It goes through the wing. And, there's yeah. no and you need an exit wound. No, there's no way to debone <laughs> a chicken wing. Right. It stops being a chicken wing at that point. Boneless chicken wings. I think. Listen, we've learned about ice fishing leading to prostitution. <laughs> and we've learned about... That you can't debone a chicken wing. Good yeah. morning, Chicago. Yes. <laughs> Outstanding. Hey, good morning. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for spending some time with us. It's Bruce and Judy, and maybe you're already commuting out there. Hopefully the traffic's not too bad, right? Um, you know, we, we go back so for some people, you gotta remember, pre-Pando, there was a real rhythm to traffic. It started getting bad in the exact same areas like every day, M minus accidents and manure spreaders, jackknifing, you know, that, you know, that you had the, the, the typical traffic morning and afternoon. It was like clockwork. You kind of knew you could actually plan around the traffic. I feel like the Pando has changed traffic patterns to where there are bizarre Traffic jams and backups at times of days that I was, what the hell are you people doing right now? Why is there an 11 a.m. traffic jam? What the heck's going on? I think uh, the rush hour is now, like, not on the expressways anymore. It's on the streets. 
What do you mean by that? Like, usually, rush hour was mostly, I mean, it still was, you know, it was crowded everywhere, but it was the expressways, right? That was rush hour. The Kennedy, the Eisenhower, that's the, the 294, what we used to take home or take to and from work. Now, at any given time I go out, it's packed. You know, like, North Avenue is just always so crowded. There's no downtime. Mm-hmm. People are out but they're not going to work. Well, yeah, they're not doing the nine a.m. to five p.m. type thing. There's right. no doubt it's changed. But where are you people going at eleven? Well, they don't. They're not I at the office. Know. They're not at the office. They're going to get coffee. Everybody's going to Target at eleven. Like yes, I don't understand. Picking up their groceries, not going in, just picking up. You know, I say I, it's the most bizarre thing. I can't figure it out. I like having traffic patterns. It ticks me off not understanding it. Well, and I'll tell you when I leave work around between say around 10 10 a.m here and i'm heading west so i'm leaving the city i'm going outbound the inbound traffic at between 9 and 10 is outrageous Mm. bumper to bumper now it's past nine o'clock you're late for work right in the old days which was two years ago olden days right Mm -hmm. so where and where are all those people going don't know Uh, jammed packed every day uh, here in Chicago, the estimate is, uh, based on congestion levels, that the average person loses 55 hours in traffic every year. 55 hours. I, I feel that. I feel that. Because I, anytime I want to go anywhere, I get it. I mean, apart from coming here, because it's yeah, the because, crack of dawn. Well, well you know? and, and, and as an example, I would drive... At times, I knew there wouldn't be traffic. Like I would plan that. Right, mid morning, mid afternoon. You wouldn't. You would never drive. I, like you at, wouldn't go. I'm, I'm getting up at eight. You know, eight thirty right. to drive across town. Bye. Traffic's gonna suck. I'm doing it at five o'clock on a Friday. No, 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 five no, no, o'clock no, 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 any no. day. Right. I try to plan trips when I have to drive, but there is no rhyme or reason. It makes no sense anymore. Frustrating to say the least. Um, if you think that traffic is bad here, first off, not really. I, you know, you have to grade on a curve, and very few of us have ever driven in a lot of other places. New York is still the king of suck traffic, you know, followed quickly by L.A. Um, but did you, did you know that New York is the only city in America that even finishes in the top 50 of bad traffic around the world? Oh, my God. I'm guessing London's got to be number one, right? Uh, you, like India. or yeah. I'm just thinking of those pictures I see. Ugh. Istanbul. Mm. Ooh. Not Constantinople. No. Now, is so, that car traffic or bike traffic? So in New York, it's 80 hours a, a year. Eight and zero. We're 55. They're 80. In Istanbul, <laughs> it's 142 hours a year. It's six Full days a year, you sit in traffic in Istanbul. You're ostensibly losing a week to traffic. A week of your life sitting in traffic every year. You might as well just walk at this point. Ah, I can't imagine going anywhere in Istanbul. Yeah. And I'm only a recent convert to having a car in the city. I used to take public transit everywhere. I don't know about you, Judy. I love the CTA. Oh, yeah. For all its faults, of course. And it's so funny when people, they'll be talking about going somewhere and I'll suggest, well, you can hop on the bus. And literally, they're like, what? A bus? Like, A, they don't know what a bus is. Yeah, B, they would never get on a bus. <laughs> never get on a bus. A bus will take you from point A to point B no. pretty darn good. In Chicago? No. Oh, no. I go to other cities. They don't even have public transportation. No. We have fabulous 
public transportation in Chicago. Buses. What's no. what's your beef with the bus? Uh, it's just a uh, mobile homeless shelter is really what it is. It's kind of a roving one. Mm. Yeah, no, that would be the L. I don't do bus. The bus. <laughs> they don't the actually stay on the bus. Yeah, the red line. On the bus, yeah, you got to get off. You can't I don't stay get on. on. I won't get on a Greyhound bus. I won't get on a tour bus. School I don't do bus. buses. School no. bus. I don't do buses. Mm. Yeah, I'm a no to bus. You're Hard to a lot buses. of life there. Yeah. I'll yeah. take my chances. I'll, I'll take my chances <laughs> on the, the life that's going on on buses. The I'm, people that you meet on the Greyhound yeah. will just fill your story. I took the bus. Yeah, without a doubt. I I even draw the line at the Greyhound bus. But the CTA bus, the bus is clean. It's new. Uh, Most of our buses in Chicago are brand new, and they're the accordion ones. Yeah, that's how articulated, it gets, like, right? Articulated, articulated. Right. They're they're both articulated and very articulate. If you talk to the drivers, still very not nice getting people. on them. Yeah. Still not getting on a bus. I took a bus this Sunday. Get over to a friend's house. I was it's, like, it's I easy. Yeah, you well, hop on the bus. Who are you people? Well, because instead of what am I going to do? It's Super Bowl Sunday. I yeah. need to get to my buddy's house. He lives only about fifteen minutes away, but I don't want to drive because I might have you know I have a couple beers. It's Super Bowl Sunday. That's smart of you to think. Smart of me to do that. So, but I don't want to pay like. I don't know, $15 each way just to get there via Uber. Mm-hmm. I'm not that... And how much have... was your bus fare? It was two fifty. Two fifty, Bruce. Two fifty. Yeah, I'm still not getting on the bus. It could be free. Yeah. I'm not getting on the bus. <laughs> the, it, even if they were... You know, like, Would you like to get on the bus? We'll give you $2.50. I'd be like, nah, I'm good. I uh, See, unlike not you, I bus. love the people I meet on the bus. Yeah. You don't meet those people very often. There's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason. Where I, I, I have a theory, by the way. You know, I have a... There's a hot go theory. It comes around buses. Okay. Ready for this? You you never see really hot girls standing at bus stops. And the uh, in Wicker is, Park, you do. <laughs> the reason uh, I, is I can attest. that really hot girls have figured out a way to get somebody to drive them around <laughs> by this point, and they're probably not true. Buses. Yeah. So there's yeah. a hot yeah. girl theory. So if you see a really hot girl standing at a bus stop, you should probably be concerned. I'm just saying. You should probably <laughs> go. What's really going on over there, right? That could be an issue in and of itself. So, hey, we've got, uh, so again, traffic has without a doubt changed in the, the, I use the term like the tempo and the flow of traffic has fundamentally changed here. Uh, And, you know, there's a question, would it ever go back to the old, you know, Nine to five typical traffic jams. I I don't know if well, it you'd will. have to open the offices for that to happen. Very <laughs> you true. know, you, mm-hmm. right? People would have to go back to work. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah if they and chose to go back to work and yeah. go back at normal, normal times, times, as opposed to I'm kind of good flex with the way schedule. it is. Yeah. I I would rather have the you know the busy traffic all day long than just three hours of a nightmare. Still time for our criminal of the day. I gotta give a shout out to Victor Chavez Zuniga of Orem, Utah, who has eleven fingers. The problem is at least one of them isn't his. Allegedly, Victor was pulled over for a broken headlight. And a quick run of his name found he had several active warrants. It happens. A search of his persons produced Mr. Chavez Zuniga's wallet that contained a driver's license, $17 in cash, a Sam's Club card, and a severed human finger. Wait, what? Police said the finger had, quote, what appeared to be pus and blood on it, unquote, and was... Beginning to turn green, and the fingernail appeared to be decayed. Additionally, when officers removed the finger from the cloth wrap it was in, a noticeable foul smell was observed. Enjoy your breakfast, everyone. Good night. No wonder, no word on why Victor stuffed a finger in his wallet. Which finger it was, or maybe most importantly, who the finger belongs to. He was booked into jail, where he's being held on the outstanding warrants, and a new charge of abuse or desecration of a dead human body. Ick.
So for carrying an extra digit in your wallet, you, Victor Eleven Fingers Chavez Zuniga, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. Hey, good morning to you and a happy Tuesday. Uh, here's what we got coming up this hour. The U.S. Product City Commission is gently reminding you not to eat soap after millions watched a commercial <laughs> for Uber Eats on Sunday. We got that story. It's really obvious product warnings coming up at 645. And at 630, Pastor Corey Brooks joins us live as his 100 days of sleeping outside starts to come to an end. He shares his rooftop revelations and how this experience has changed him. Amazon is raising its prices for the prime service this Friday. But do you really need it? We've got some easy alternatives for the tech giants all-in-one service in just a few minutes. But first, Alderman Patrick Daly-Thompson has been convicted on federal tax charges, leaving the 11th Ward wide open for a new alderman. I might just run for that. It's my hood. But uh, was he only under scrutiny for his family connections? And what do other aldermen make of the conviction? Interesting. So remember the defense was... I mean, unique uh, in in one thing that that uh, that this two hundred plus thousand dollars in cash that he went to the bank to get a mortgage and just left with a bag of cash that he didn't have to repay. I mean, it it happens, right? I mean, he's not the first. <laughs> um, is he just forgot to pay things because he was frazzled and he's super busy, and you know, paperwork's not his thing. And that's how this all just kind of fell through the cracks. There's no need to repay the money from this crooked bank. Okay, well, he's nobody bought. He's very nobody frazzled. bought this, right? I mean, the, the, this this took 15 minutes for them to come back and go, yeah, no. So, the second thing is, then was he targeted in some way, shape, or form? And is he a victim of a famous last name, that being Daly? Well, but you just said he he walked out of the bank with a bag full of money. No, he was targeted because he did something illegal. And quite frankly, that no daily has ever gone down. He's he's actually he's tarnishing the daily name. Oh. If you think about it, right? She's so the grandson of one of the grandson, dailies in yeah. the you know the most recent daily. He's the nephew. Yeah, I mean he's definitely tarnishing the daily name. No one's ever gone to jail, as far as I know. There have been some incidents throughout the years. <laughs> you know, when you have two dailies who've run the city for most of the city's history, um, you know things will happen. I daily's son had a couple. You know, little controversies. Who amongst uh, us? Yeah, maybe one of the cousins. Actually, one of the cousins may have gone to jail, but that was not for corruption. It was for he punched a, a man and killed him, knocked him down, and he, you know, he died. Right. I don't even know if he did go to jail, but no, nothing to do with corruption. Uh, and the fact is, Daley Thompson, it, you know, was convicted on some pretty serious charges, and as you said. He didn't really have a defense. I don't know that they even call that. Frazzled. Any. Frazzled. That was his defense. He's a lawyer, by the way. Frazzled. He's lawyer. on the finance committee. Frazzled finance committee. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. He was on the finance committee. He's no longer. He has no. to resign his seat now. The uh, yeah. I'm uh, sure he'll appeal, but that doesn't matter. That seat is now open. Uh, I think they have like 60 days to put somebody in there, and then it'll come up for um, election next year. You know, there's a whole process that goes into that, but. Uh, Alderman Nick Spasato, and we've 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 talked to Alderman Spasato, says um, he thinks that Daly got quote the royal screw job 
because of what his name is. If his name had been John Smith, um, they would have just said, pay us what you owe us and we'll call it even. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because, I, 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 you know, I, I, let me let me think about how many times the feds have done that. Oh, wait, never. Pay us. Wait, well, this will all go away. But but there is something. Listen, his name. This is a point that I mean, how do you know? How would you not know if your last name is Daly? Okay, in the city of Chicago, that there is going to be maybe some scrutiny. There's going to be some eyeballs. You may you may be more uh, in the crosshairs, good or bad, than maybe some of the other aldermen out there who are practically nameless and faceless outside of their own ward. Right, and you know what? His last name is not Daly; it's Thompson. But he puts Daly in there because he wants to be known as a Daly. He gets the benefits of being associated with the Daly legacy. So yeah. You know what? You know you're you you're the one who's saying, "Look here, I'm a daily." So you better know that you're going. That people are going to look there, and they better not find anything. There's an entire uh, building right over here that houses uh, the FBI has an office in. It doesn't show up on the register. You know, when you go in the lobby of the building, it doesn't say FBI is on the fourth floor. Uh, but they're they're hiding. They're hanging out over there, and they wake up every morning. And in the city of Chicago, they are looking at. Corruption and malfeasance. I don't even know what it means, but it's bad. Good word. Yeah. For uh, elected officials. If you are an elected official in the city of Chicago, how do you not assume that you're not being watched, listened to, monitored, especially if you are in any way, shape, or form skirting the law? You should assume that there's an FBI agent six feet off of you at all times. You why? How would yeah, you? Yeah, well, there's the key. If you're skirting the law, if you're making yeah, but he backroom, knew what yeah, he was doing. If you're making Come backroom on. deals, if you're now, you know, ah, we're just going to do it this way. You know, here's your bag of money. Yeah, enough. We've had enough corruption here for that to be absolutely true. I will say the, you know, of course, the ultimate, the 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 leaders who are not taking part in illegal activity, of course, of course, have nothing to worry about. And they don't just target you because you're an alderman. They don't say, oh, you've got a new alderman. You know, when you get your new alderman there in the 11th ward, the feds aren't going to be like, well, you know, someone, let's put someone on that case. Here, and this is how ridiculous this is and what people don't understand. Generally, this is how it happens. Yeah, FBI, I'm so mad. I'm so sick of my alderman. You know, I keep giving him this money every month. <laughs> And he won't do what he says he's going to do. paying him off. That's how it happens. That's how stupid it is. Well, keep in mind, this one was this this bank, and I, I guess we have to use that term kind of loosely, uh, was handing out money. It's not, not, uh, yeah, someone was. Someone was like, president hey, at, of the bank. Hey, look at all this money we have here. You want some of it? Giving out a couple hundred grand. And you he's, know. he's also now dead, He's correct? dead. He he, well, because the, the bank regulators and the feds were closing in. He commits suicide. Because he knows he's going to have a tough time explaining, well, why were you handing out money to people like Alderman Daly Thompson with no expectation of repaying said money? Bank's money. Not your money. It's the bank's money. And you know what, Alderman Spasato, who was like, just because, guess what? He did go back and try to fix it, and they still got, they still didn't, it wasn't good enough. He's like, you know, usually they just like, just go ahead and fix it, and we'll be good. Remember, Thompson went back, Daly Thompson, Went back when he found out they were looking and he tried to alter his tax returns.
Yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. That's the funniest part of the story to me. Oh, I, let me let me fix that. I'm let sorry. Let me fix those numbers. Is that a sorry. zero? That shouldn't have been a zero. That should have been an eight. I need to do my tax returns in pencil now so I can go back and make some edits to them when uh, uh, the feds look into it and, and find out that just mm-hmm. maybe, you know. It plays into a narrative, though, doesn't it? It plays into this crooked uh, Chicago politics, the way things are done here. I mean, there are two other aldermen that are two currently other. under indictment right now. Yeah, including Alderman Ed Burke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know. You can go to the website if you're unclear. It's myaldermanunderindictment.com, and you can uh, you can find out specifically if your alderman is under indictment. There's an entire database that they have created uh, because of the corruption, and and it is frustrating. I think you know we can make fun of it, and I get that there's a joke in there, but you know I, I the hardworking people, the decent people, you know they're the ones that at the end of the day are going to be screwed by these things they're the ones that the corruption and the grift and the backroom deals are hurting and harming in some way shape or form and it's the little guy that gets that gets screwed in this deal every mm-hmm. time i i shed no tears for patrick daly thompson who to a certain extent you know brought a lot of this on him i want to drop that name that middle name when he he's goes going to, to drop jail. the daily part when he yeah. goes to jail and a good morning and happy Tuesday. It's Bruce and Judy. And, you know, in a relatively short period of time, we have gone from a society that used to go back in the olden days. We used to go to stores to buy things to a society that waits for somebody to drop a box off on your front doorstep. It's pretty amazing how quickly that's happened. I remember... When I first signed up for Amazon Prime, first off, I thought I was getting screwed. I was like, this is a scam, but I'm going to try it anyway. I mean, yeah. I, 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 this well, isn't really going to work. What, do you, what was, what was throwing I'm you like, off about I, it? I'm not going to actually be able to click on that little thing and it's going to show up the next day. That's yeah. not going to happen. Come on. This is bait and switch, right? There's no way that's what actually is going to happen. Oh, my God, it really happens. Mm. You click the little button, and somebody comes and there's like, I I envision Amazon works like this. I'm searching, 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 and I see a fishing shanty, and I need one because I'm into prostitution. (laughs) And I click on fishing shanty, and there's like some guy in a warehouse somewhere that like like a buzzer goes off and they're like Bruce's fishing shanty go and like they run and they grab it and they throw it on a truck and like it's his cell phone and they call it it's Bruce, I, needs, a it's a ma- Bruce needs a fishing shanty now yeah. you know and then like there's this whole mechanism that is how it works that, yeah that's yeah. the crazy part you're not entirely not, far not entirely far really. you're not God love them. Um, But they are raising the price of Amazon Prime. It is see, going up, and now we can't live without it, right? Because my experience... They hold you on. It's like crack. Well, mm. my experience, yeah, was I was using Amazon. It was already good. And then Amazon Prime was like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Shipping. This is even better. Mm-hmm. And we had to have it. And it's been overall really good. But I am i don't want to pay more. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm paying it. No no problem. Have you ever seen what it costs to ship things? Like, that you, there are some things you order from sites, you know, that, that don't have free shipping. And you're like... 
What eight dollars to send that to me? That's, what are you people? Stupid. It's highway robbery. Yeah, anyone who pays for shipping because have you seen how many sites have free shipping? I mean, oh, well, it's trying not to keep up just with Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, and it's true. The thing about Amazon, it's one place. I don't want to go. I can search everything on Amazon, but the fact is, I'm pissed about this rate, this hike. I don't really want to. Oh, by the way, I don't pay it. My ex does remember. Yeah, share. okay. But anyway, I'm fighting on his behalf. <laughs> I just it bugs me because I understand shipping has increased and everything's more, but everything costs more. We're paying a lot more yeah. for it. Amazon, I'm looking at Amazon going, really? You're, is that what you do? And I guess it is. It's business is business, right? They just are always looking for ways to make more money. Oh, because I, feel like I own Amazon, Amazon stock. I feel like for they're God's bursting things. at the seams with their money. They're no, making so I, much money. I own Amazon stock. They more? damn well better be trying to make some more money. Well, yeah. I'd be a lot more, preferably. Here's my issue. I, and I use Amazon all the time, too, because they have now, you know, they've gotten to me. I used to go to the store. I what? liked going to the store. That's now, school. if I need something like, you know, pepper, I'll just get it from Amazon. It's ridiculous. I won't go out what? to get it. Whatever. Go to, where? where's the nearest grocery store to you? I have to get in the car. I don't live in the city. I have to get in the car and drive to okay. the grocery store. If I, if I could walk, I would yeah. get it. Yeah. yeah, I could probably get it at 7-Eleven, but I, I'm not paying those prices. I found Amazon <laughs> to be amazing for, like, odd Especially odd items. Sure. So, like, I had a light bulb burnout, and it was it was like a decorative light bulb. You yeah, know? not a regular like go <laughs> yeah. to the hardware store get a light bulb. But, but like the little one that's pointy. Yeah, you like a pointy light bulb. You're so, you're so funny. Odd. Okay, how odd was that light? It's bulb? an odd light bulb. But there's four of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't. I I want to get the same one so it matches the other ones. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to just go get some random fifteen water, right? You can't get a round light bulb. So I was like, well, how anymore. do I find this specific light bulb? And so, if you look on the very bottom of the light bulb, I had to get the I had to get the cell phone out and do the magnifying. Enhance. And there's a little enhance, enhance. And there's like a little serial number, mm-hmm. and I type the serial number mm-hmm. into Amazon, and the little light bulb comes up. I go, S- I got four of them for a dollar ninety nine. Send them. Yeah. That's amazing. Imagine in the olden days, I how many stores would I have had to go to carrying the dead light bulb to try to right. find the exact match? I mean, that is what we used to do, right? Right. We'd bring it in. I need this. Yeah. Well, we mm-hmm. have one that's kind of like that. Well, I don't want one that's kind of like that. Yeah. Well, then you just need to replace all of them. Well, for God's sakes, I just, you know. And here's the thing. If it's not the right one, Amazon says, no worries. Just go send it back. Or even better, keep it. Just keep it. We'll it's not worth send sending it, it back. Not even worth I, sending it back. It happened to me finally the first time. I was like, wow. Even if it doesn't, to, to return from Amazon, I just go to the UPS store. They'll do returns, yeah. You know what I do? I take the item, broken, not broken, whatever, not wrapped, not in a bag, I put it on the counter. I give him my phone, and give they're like, "Give this back to Amazon." Takes literally five seconds. Give this back to Amazon. Amazon is so good at what they do. I want to keep whatever modicum of freedom I still have in this life and go to different stores. I will take the inconvenience. Really? I, See, I oh, do yeah. love you for that. I, I, if I have to, I just walk to the store. I mean, I mean, like you said, Judy, I'm lucky. I live near like yes. four different grocery stores. So if I want groceries, I'm like, what am I going to do? Call. It's s- like a, it's listen. Prime is going up like a dollar fifty a month. Yeah, it's really not a whole. You lot. know, I, okay, I'm Bruce, worth it. Quite Bruce, honestly, really. When was the, I mean? I I do get sometimes I get it the same day. That's great if I spend thirty five dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, even with Prime, 
it's not just a you know whatever you need, whatever you want, whenever you want. No, that's not the case anymore. We're we we're like lap dogs now. Like I don't even care. I'll do whatever you say because mostly it's two day shipping. <laughs> Most yeah. of it is, yeah. Yeah, and we don't even you know we just oh okay. Well, I bet if you don't have Prime, it's two day shipping. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. It's not Prime free, was all about, well, <laughs> it, it was about the, you know, get it today, too. Yeah, you're right. And it might not be free, but it might. You might have to do a little tiny bit more work, but there are other places you can go and get that item mm-hmm. for the same deal. We just yeah, don't. I, we just, my, I like the convenience yeah, of Amazon. Amazon's my first two. Always. Yeah, I got to get it off of Amazon. Don't even. Well, if Amazon doesn't have it, I also uh, believe that I don't need it. <laughs> There's a certain amount of well, that. Well, and you know what's funny about that? Believe me, they'll have it. Yeah, well, that's, that's the, the messed point. up part. Uh, I'm like, always, something like it. Like, I, they don't have that on Amazon. I can apply. I don't I'm need, trying to think I the other day, that. I looked something up and I was embarrassed that I looked it up. It, it wasn't a car, but it was something that was so ridiculous to me. But I'm like, I bet Amazon has it. But your Amazon yeah, has it. I can't remember what it was. Hey, good morning. Happy Tuesday. It's Bruce and Judy, and uh, l- let's get him in the show right away. He's a, he's a friend of ours, and he is an amazing man doing great things in his community. Well, really for all of us, he is Pastor Corey Brooks, the Rooftop Pastor. Good morning to you, sir. Hey, Bruce. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on this morning. It is awesome to have you on. Now, you are, we've talked to you a couple times during this, you are in... It's not the middle anymore. You're you're getting into the home stretch of 100 days of living up on the roof. It's where you got your it's where you got your 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 moniker, rooftop pastor because you did this so many years ago. First off, what day are we on? We're on day 87, so we have 13 more days to go, thankfully. I have I visited up there. I've been on the rooftop with you. Uh, hung out in the tent. It was an amazing experience. Uh, not only to see um and hear from you, but the the group of people you've surrounded yourself with, and and Pastor, it was uh, inspirational uh, to see the people that you bring together, all for really a, a common goal of of making your community safer and better for other people. And I commend you for that. Thank you, I appreciate it. That's what it's really all about: trying to bring as many people as we can together, uh, so that we have a sense of community, and that's what. You know, I tell people all the time, that's what being an American is all about. It's about understanding that we're all tied in this together, and so we all have to be responsible and accountable to help one another. So remind us again, Pastor Brooks, why you're on top of the rooftop there? So I'm on top of the rooftop, number one, to bring attention and awareness to the continued violence in Chicago, uh, and number two, uh, to raise as much money as possible to build a community center here on the south side of Chicago in a very needed place in a bad neighborhood uh, that's much needed. Uh, so that we can try to change the lives of a lot of these uh, young people. And you're sitting up uh, in the location where you want that community center, right? Yeah, I'm on location at the place where we're going to build the center. Um, that's exactly where I am right now. It's the same place where I was 10 years ago when I went on top of the roof of a motel and uh, raised enough money to purchase it and tear it down. So now we're not trying to tear anything down. We're trying to build something up. Here, here. Uh, yeah, and and you know to be clear you've been up on the roof now again 87 days i would like to point out the weather has sucked a lot of those yeah. times you know yeah. and uh even though we've got a, a heater in the tent up there i can assure you it's it was a little chilly i'm not gonna lie a little chilly and i can't imagine with some of the weather we're doing but you've really shown your commitment to a community pastor brooks and uh, you know you 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 talk about 
uh, and, and one of the things I really learned being up there is I got a chance to talk to some of your guys with the violence prevention team, the, right. the orange vests. I feel like Twin and I are now friends, just to throw it out there, okay? Uh, and uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you guys are doing to try to prevent violence in your community, a, a community where, let's be honest, there is a lot of violence going on. Yeah, you know, they call it O-Block. Uh, O-Block yeah. because it's named after a young man named O.D. Perry who was shot and killed. And um, we decided we're going to change the opportunity block. So we're going to keep the O, but uh, the, the violence prevention team is responsible for creating a lot of those opportunities. Our violence prevention team is made up of individuals who have assorted backgrounds and criminal backgrounds, and uh, most of them have been uh, participating in gangs. And so now we bring them all together to alleviate the violence, to eliminate it, to we also use them to recruit for our classes and um, those type of things. So they, they have a very intricate part of what we do, mm-hmm. and they keep it going so that we reduce the violence. So how is your fundraising effort going? So our fundraising efforts are going pretty good. We have about $9 million now. And that's in cash, in-kind gifts, and commitments. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited about that. And, you know, when we started on November 20th, we were at zero. So now $9 million addition isn't bad. We still have a long way to go. But I'm still trusting and believing that we're going to make it. And, you know, one of the things I noticed when I was up there, uh, uh, Pastor Brooks works the entire time. He's up there. He's working. And you were doing, uh, like, Zoom calls with companies with CEOs, Fortune 500 companies where you're speaking to nowadays with Zoom, it's pretty amazing, where you can speak to an entire organization, tell them about what you're doing, and then get that company behind it. How how has that effort been going? Yeah, that's been a a big part of what we've been doing, um, talking with companies, creating these Zoom calls, talking to their employees, explaining about the violence, explaining about the opportunities that we're trying to create. And it's really been a blessing because we've met so many people and we've, come, we've gotten engaged with so many different corporations. So that's, that's a, a, something that I do almost every day. Mm-hmm. I'm always talking to somebody's company or I'm always dealing with a CEO or uh, a college. You know, I've spoken at a couple of colleges from the roof, and that's been real good. So, you know, I'm, I'm continuing. I'm putting the work in. I'm not just sitting up here in the tent. Just yes, sir. Twiddling my fingers. <laughs> really I would just be sleeping. Pastor Brooks, I know you pride yourself on not taking federal funding, but to get this center built, might you have to do that? Yeah, we might have to do it. My son and uh, my assistant are really adamant about trying to do it. Uh, Just yesterday, they had uh, Samir, who was the deputy mayor for uh, the city of Chicago. He was on the roof. And so, you know, we're going to look at every avenue now because I realize it's it's not about me and it's not about some of my personal feelings uh, toward government. But um, we're going we're gonna to try to get government funding and see what happens. But, uh, you know, like I tell my son I, I, and I tell everyone, you know, I'm, no, I'm not really looking for it to happen. I, it's, it, you know, government is such a waste. Sometimes they put money in so many bad places. They never invest in the things that they should. But hopefully this will be different. Hopefully they'll invest and hopefully we'll be able to get this center up and um, it'll be uh, something that is going to, truly bless this community so we'll see what happens on that end and, and brag a little bit about your center because it, it does sound like really fabulous and something that that community really needs yeah you know it's not just when people think of center they think of a community center but this is a uh opportunity center it's a it's a place 
where we're going to be teaching entrepreneurship. It's a place where people can get drop trauma counseling. It's a place that has restaurants where we're going to teach culinary arts. It's a trade school where we're going to be teaching construction, electrical, HVAC and plumbing and automotive. It has a music studio for those who want to learn movie, I mean, uh, uh, radio and TV production. It has a gym. It has a golf simulator. It has a, a theater for performing arts. It, it's a, it has a health facility as well. It has a rooftop garden, and now we're going to add to it a, a camping, uh, outdoor camping on top of the roof. So, you know, it's going to be a really fantastic place where we can really train a lot of people and a lot of kids can be blessed just by having it in the neighborhood. To say the least. Pastor- I'm smiling about the outdoor camping. Pa- <laughs> pastor Brooks is the founder and the oh, senior pastor of New Beginnings Church of Chicago. And and Pastor Brooks, I want to make sure that we give people every opportunity, not only to learn more about what you're doing and how you're making a, a genuine difference in a community. When a lot of people throw up their hands and a lot of people just accept, you know, well, it just is what it is. You, you've not done that. You are doing something about it. Where can they go? to find more information and maybe more importantly where can people go to donate and and help make this dream come true yes they can go to projecthood.org projecthood.org and they can tell them all the wonderful things that we're doing in the community and they can figure out uh they can show them how to donate to our cause as well and that's projecthood h-o-o-d.org pastor books Thank you so much. Stay warm, and uh, uh, I got I got another visit. Thirteen days, in there. thirteen yeah. days, you can do it. In two weeks, I yeah, got to get back up there. It. I'm going to come back and visit you. And here's what I also learned about Pastor Brooks: no Mediterranean food. I learned that. Oh, no. mm. that's an ixnay. So, well, we can eat good, we can eat healthy, but we're not eating Mediterranean food. I learned that with Pastor Brooks. Hey, good morning to you. Uh, happy Tuesday as the sun peaks up over the horizon. It's Bruce and Judy with you. We were, you know. Um, Obviously, uh, uh, the weekend, a lot of people paying attention to the Super Bowl. For some people, there was a football game. For other people, there were a bunch of guys running around on grass in between commercials that they were trying to watch, right? Coming in. And and by the way, if you were there for the commercials, um, there were plenty of them. Uh, my goodness. Uh, I almost forgot how many commercials there are or how slow football is when you don't have the Red Zone channel. Oh, my God. You know, now I know why I don't watch entire games. But... <laughs> There was one commercial that was, by the way, pretty popular. A lot of people liked it for Uber Eats. And basically, Uber Eats was trying to let you know that just because you you use Uber Eats, they deliver things other than just food. Uber Eats will deliver you damn near anything, but that doesn't mean you can eat it. If it was delivered with Uber Eats, does that mean I can eat it? And thanks to Uber Eats, we don't even know what food is anymore. <coughs> this isn't food. <laughs> we can't eat most of this. Yeah, we can't eat any of this. Why yeah, uh, so I'm the, laughing thinking about it. it. That was by far the funniest commercial. Yeah, they had uh, a, a bunch of celebrity actors uh, eating everything from. Cat littered diapers, diapers uh, saying, balls. "Yeah, because Uber Eats delivered it. It must be food, right. not food." By the way, so maybe in more proof that we as a people are not long for this world. Um, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission tweet. I, I, I so I'm on Twitter during the Super Bowl, and within a few minutes. Of that ad running, the U.S. Consumer Product 
Safety Commission tweeted, do not eat soap. <laughs> That's the first. They had they tweeted that in the middle of the Super Bowl. Do not eat soap. That's because Nicholas Braun from Succession, I love him, was um, he had a, a bottle of dish soap, right? A container of dish soap. And he was literally pouring it in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was eating it. And yeah, if people are just... I, do not eat soap. That is all their tweet was. Like snozberries. Yeah. <laughs> well, the commission Got said 138,000 likes on do not eat soap. The commission said it seemed like a useful moment to remind consumers of the dangers related to ingesting non-food products, including soaps, detergents. Put cat litter in there. I you know, this this is the whole Tide Pod everything. I just I think we would be better off because I'm for thinning the herd. I make no bones about it. There's too many people these days. Um, that we just take the warning labels off of stuff and just kind of let Darwin figure this out. You know, just kind of let natural progression just move right along. Well, right? when it comes to the Tide Pods, they just got to make them look less delicious. I mean, tell me that doesn't look <laughs> yeah. tasty. You want to bite into it's it, very, don't you, Tom? Very, I do. I do. It looks don't really do it. Good. It's, it tastes I really, really what bad. That, what was that gum that you used to bite into and it had liquid inside of it? Oh. There was a gum. Gushers. What was it? Was that Gushers? Gushers. Gushers. Or fresh yes. Gushers, or something. Yeah, Gushers are Gushers. Yeah, candy. You, you yeah. would bite oh, into it, and there was a liquid yeah. inside of it. Yeah, and that's kind of like a Tide Pod is a very large version of that. It's the forbidden Gusher. By the way, it doesn't taste anything like it. Uh, all it tastes like is a hospital yeah. visit. I think it could, yeah, I think it could kill children. Literally. Mm-hmm. I, I would like labels but, for things that can kill me. Nah. Well, the child's not going to be able to read it. You know, the three-year-old who is at risk of eating that Tide Pod. Right. <laughs> I mean, they're not... Generally, you it. hope the mom and the dad read it and yeah, keep and it away put, from the child. Oh, yeah. I, I, but everybody, if you got kids, remind yourself that dish soap is not good for your children. Well, well and, 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 you know, spare a thought. You know, that they felt they needed the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, a government agency, felt the need mm-hmm. in the middle of the Super Bowl to tweet, do not eat soap, knowing there were going to be people that ate soap. Again, thin the herd. I'm okay with it. I have, I see no issue in this whatsoever. These people shouldn't be procreating. But well, didn't Gwyneth Paltrow eat a candle? Wasn't she eating it, nibbling on a candle at the end? Yep. Because I thought people were going to try that, too. One of her right. own candles. What? Yeah. It was a goop candle. People are going to be like, oh, I want to look like her. I'm going to nibble on a candle. Yeah, because that's how you lose weight. Yeah. It's the Gwyneth Paltrow diet. Eat an entire candle. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a lit candle, thank goodness. I don't think it was lit. It, no, no, it was just a candle. Yeah. Just eating a dry okay. candle. So they, they need, to, they need about, to tweet out, don't eat lit candles. Yeah. Because the thing about candles, they smell so good. And now they have all the food smells. They do. Yeah. Which yeah, I think that's a little get, bit gross, but... What? Oh, I have like one that's like cake, bake, uh, cake baking cake. Baking yeah. cake. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It smells yeah, no. like you're baking didn't, a cake. Uh, didn't KFC come out with a, a candle oh, yeah. a couple years yeah. ago? Remember yeah. that? I that well, I was just thinking like a baked turkey, that might smell pretty good. <laughs> or a bacon candle. Oh, a baking candle. Mm. Okay, I could go for that. Usually I like the, the floral scents better, but. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, yeah. t- switch it up a little bit, and then maybe the give it a f- taste. I you know, like drink a little bit. No, yeah. I, after all, it makes me sick. <laughs> I don't even like West. vanilla. <laughs> Does everything need a warning label, though? Yes. Mm. Unfortunately, no. it might. Because there are, I mean, some of them. 
Zequil may cause drowsiness. Wait. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't operate heavy machinery. Describe heavy uh, machinery. Yeah, they, they put they on the sleeping pill. It puts may cause drowsiness. Just want to remind you. <laughs> is, is it? I think it's all legalese, right? It's all for legal purposes to protect because them, yeah. people have sued them. People have said, I, "I'm sorry, that candle right smelled so good that I ate it." Right. It all That's goes back to the fault. McDonald's. Coffee cup spilled in oh, the crotch. I think Remember it does, that? Nick, I really think it does. Right. Yeah. I watched the whole documentary. He's hot. I watched the whole documentary on that. There was really? literally there was a whole documentary on that it? story. It was like two hours on five like five minutes. Oh my god! But it got coffee into the whole thing about consumer products and mm-hmm. safety yeah. things. And yeah, how about yeah. a blow? You own a blowtorch, don't you? Do you have one of those propane blowtorches? Mm-hmm. If you look yeah. closely on it, okay, there's a label that says "contents may catch fire." It's a flipping <laughs> blowtorch. I know. That's, it all goes back to what? Stupid people. People are stupid, and so we have to put these labels on. Uh, we Can't use your common sense. We don't need them here as much, but I know some people still put up the sun shields in their windshield, you know, mm-hmm. in the summertime especially, or sure. you don't want the, your interior to get faded. On the inside of the sun shield, <laughs> what? there is a warning label. Do not drive with sunshield <laughs> in place. I love it. Oh, yes, my gosh. Do drive with sun. We need to thin these people out. That's my point. Oh, my. Why would I want to save that idiot from themselves? Oh, my goodness. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Here's what we got coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. A new fan favorite poll for the Oscars gives you the opportunity to vote for your favorite movie of the year. Did you even see any movies this year? We'll talk about it after 745. And after 7.30, safety training from the Secure Community Network saved lives during the attack at a Texas synagogue last month. We'll talk to CEO Michael Masters about how his company is keeping Jewish Americans safe all over the country. And Chicago's Shed Aquarium is undergoing updates for its centennial commitment. We're going to be talking to the president and CEO of the Shed in just a few minutes to get some of those details. But first, the American Embassy in Kiev has closed and is relocating diplomats to the western side of Ukraine. But reports show some residents of Ukraine's capital city to be remaining calm. Has this all been just saber rattling on the part of Russia and or the United States? Huh? And I got to tell you, I think it's been really difficult to follow this story. I, I, I focus on, you know, and I spend my time on on stories that I think are are important. This is an important story. I don't get involved in outrage of the day as to, you know, how many black guys were on stage during the Super Bowl, you know, uh, halftime show. I have a genuine concern because I feel in my lifetime, this feels like, is this our Cuban Missile Crisis? Is this our, are we on the brink of something that it's tough to walk back from? Uh, Is this, we are about ready to drag Europe into a shooting conflict with russia and its you know satellite states because it feels like that and it's real hard to get through and figure out some of the details because uh, you know i will admit that kind of depending on which news organization you're looking at you get very different spin on it and and i'm i just want to understand better understand what's going on well give us the background of what what has happened or what's happening today um, well, today we have uh, 
backing up a little bit, we've had a, somewhere between 100 and 150,000 Russian troops massed along the border of Ukraine and, and Russia. Um, there have been a, allegedly some cyber attacks. Uh, a power grid was uh, infiltrated in Ukraine. They believe it's the Russians kind of trying to, to probe and weaken defenses in some way, shape, or form. There was a leaked video uh, that came out a, a week ago uh, that uh, purported that the, the Russians would leak this video and they would use it as a pretext to invade, saying that the Ukrainians started it. <laughs> you know, we didn't do it. They started it. We're defending ourselves. Uh, but today, at least, it appears that... Uh, uh, Vlad the Impaler, uh, Vlad Putin is, is pulling some of the troops back, or at least they said they might pull some troops back from the border. Hopefully a de-escalation because I, I, I gotta tell you, it's, it's a hard one to parse that do you just let Russia take another sovereign nation, a sovereign nation that is our ally? Do, do we just stand by? Uh, yeah, and I think we need to go back further to that. Why is Russia? Why has Russia amassed their troops on the border? Because they just want to take over the Ukraine. Um, well, it's, yeah. it's a little bit more. Com- that's even more complication for a into, lot of people to understand. It's about NATO. It's about not wanting the Ukraine yeah. to be part of NATO and, and Russia and being walking up on their border, having right. a NATO and, nation yeah, and, bordering Russia. And that some people say goes all back to that. It's all that Russia's like, no, you, we don't want this because that's a threat to Russia. Then right. And 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 some sort of a slight then, to them. And yeah. then he uses the. I love that. This is the excuse. Vlad uses that he needs to invade Ukraine to protect the Russian speakers in Ukraine because a lot of Ukrainians speak Russian. Mm-hmm. And so he says, you know, they're being persecuted and I need to go and protect them. And they're he needs mo- to protect them from the NATO? Russian speakers, you know, from the other Ukrainians, which would be akin to the United States saying we need to invade Canada because there's a lot of English speakers up there right. and we need to defend them against the fuzzy or little fr- French. So you have to get to the other side of the people, I, you know, they don't. It, at what point do, do people, and a lot of people do say this actually now, at what point do we say, enough, we, we're not your, we're not the, world the world's police. police. Agreed. I, why is but it we America? Do have these We've treaties. got NATO. We've got treaties. I understand, but it's, why is it always the U.S. that has to run to the rescue? Because mm-hmm. that's you kind know? of been, that's kind of been the, uh, the status quo since, I- World War Two, forever, at this point. yeah, exactly. So at least you know, better part of a hundred years. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it's kind of the state that's been right. set up. What I'm since saying, the end of World people, War II. I don't. They're tired of it. They don't want it. Any, they're like, right. no, we don't need to do that anymore. We've had mm. enough of our own conflicts, and why? You know, this is a NATO issue. It's a NATO mm. issue, no, 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 not I, a not a, an America issue. Right, but we're a huge part of NATO, and mm. and you know, the flip side of it is that after 9/11, the NATO nations came to our defense. The NATO nations, and initially, you know, were part of this coalition, and you, you remember right. all that. So, so there is a, uh, there, there ostensibly a is supposed to be some, you know, we're all Remind in this me again, together. Though, Ukraine is not part of NATO. They are correct. not. No. So there's that little. Well, okay. I, I it's but you they've can't, talked about wanting to right. be right, and that's what this probably to is all them about. against the Russians. Right. It's probably all about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. So in that case, you have to say, well, they're not a part of NATO, but we have this obligation because 
that once they said they want to be part of NATO, well, here comes Russia on your border. No. And I think the comparison to the Cuban Missile Crisis is pretty apt because if we're talking about the Cuban Missile Crisis, there was also it wasn't just there were missiles in Cuba. There were missiles in Turkey. And Russia was like, well, what What the hell is this, man? Yeah, well, you've got those. Yeah, you could, why can't we put it in Cuba and all right. that kind of stuff? You put Again, them next to us, we're going to put them next to you. Yeah, and it's not a question. Of, that's what it, it gets so weird. It's like, is it a question of right or wrong? I don't know. It's international relations. Is it security? I think it comes down to security, really. Yeah. And, well, the good news today is, right, they're backing up a little bit. Allegedly. I feel like this be. is a game of risk, right? We've got the board oh, out. So Russia's now pulling their troops back a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, the U.S. is saying they're talking every day. The fact that the U.S. didn't shut down the embassy and fly the people back, I'm taking that as kind of more positive, right? They're moving them away. So they're moving them to the, the, the western yeah. part of Ukraine, so which is farther okay. away from the Russian side. Right. Well, well, with the idea being that if all hell broke loose, it would give you a little more time to get them out. Get them out. Get right. Because they're in California, not in New York. You know, if you imagine sure. Ukraine. And and Ukraine's pretty big. I don't know. You ever see one of those those maps? You know, I, I, there's these countries all over the world, and I never get a sense of, like, oh, how big they are. So I saw somebody take Ukraine and lay it over the United States. Okay, so if you took Ukraine and you plopped it on the United States, it would go from New York to Virginia and then from the East Coast to about Chicago. So that's about the size of Ukraine mm-hmm. to, to get, you know, I'm, I'm roughly doing it. So, yeah, a decent sized country out there. But, yeah, you, you really you get into. If you look the other way and we say this isn't our problem. Okay, and I understand the argument. Does that embolden somebody like Putin to say, well, first Ukraine, next, insert name of country there. And then you get into all the comparisons, and I've been watching it just to kind of get my, refresh my history. I've been watching the World War II. And the, and the 1940, the 1939, what the world looked like. And, and, well, Hitler isn't really going to do all that stuff. And if we just give him the Sudetenland, uh, the Sudetenland, <laughs> it'll, it'll appease him. And he wouldn't dare go into another country after that. He, he promised us. He told, you know, and you get into this. Well, are you, are you do, uh, does appeasement embolden the bad guy or does it diffuse it? I'm glad I'm yeah, not. I, I just, I can't, I don't know what his end game is here because Who's he's. Who's he? Vlad. Vladimir. He's not going to get Ukraine. He's, it's not going to happen. He, the world's not going to allow him to take Ukraine. So what, and he knows that. What is, what does he really want? Mm. Is he really, does he, and it might be the whole NATO thing. Maybe it's just enough that they say, all right, Ukraine, we're going to have to wait a little. That could literally know. just be. Yeah, it. maybe they'll that negotiate or I don't. Or is it just that he's like, do, 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 you know what? He has a need to look this strong. He's a dictator. He's a totalitarian really dictator boring. for all intents right. and purposes. And he just does it to do it. He needs to look strong. Yeah, exactly. He needs to look tough. It's, you know, and that's important to him. Which would also be very bad, though, if yeah. that was it. Just what? Just for looks? No, well, we don't do that either. Happy Tuesday. Good morning to you. It's Bruce and Judy. And the shed uh, is... What a jewel. Uh, you know, what an amazing place. Uh, such an important part of, of Chicago and, and something that certainly makes, uh, uh, that, that museum campus over there, uh, a must attend it's a jewel. place, right? Absolutely. Joining us right now is Dr. Bridget Coughlin and, uh, and Dr. Bridget Coughlin is the president and CEO of the Shed Aquarium. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. 
Well, you guys have some pretty cool things coming up because people may not know this, but you're coming up on a 100-year anniversary of The Shed. That's right, and I know we don't show our age, but we are planning <laughs> to have an amazing celebration. It's not for another eight years, right? Uh, but we're starting right now getting the place ready with new exhibits, a whole suite of new programs, and some learning gardens around the aquarium. It's going to be fantastic. And you say you don't show your age, which I agree. I love the shed the way it is, but I know you have to do updates. We do. You know, guests want to participate more. Mm. They, there's wonderful habitats and ecosystems to see, biodiversity to explore. We want to take it to the next level. How can you hear the beating heart of that shark that's swimming in front of you? How can you then take action to prevent shark finning from happening out in the wild and preserve these sharks for generations to come for the next 100 years? Dr. Coughlin, you know, up for, no, let's see, I got to do the math here. 94 years, uh, roughly, 90, no, 92 years. The uh, Shed has been uh, delivering on that promise and has been uh, educating, informing, uh, entertaining people, for goodness sakes, uh, all, all around this. When you talk about moving forward and we talk about being more interactive and, and this, what other changes is the shed looking at? Uh, people that have been there multiple times, people who go there regularly, maybe they're the uh, yearly uh, um, um, uh, pass holders. Pass holders. Thank you very much. Couldn't think of that word. What can they expect to see different? We are going to start next year closing systematically. We're always going to be open, always have lots to see. The historic galleries will remain open, but we'll close them in phases and completely reinvent the experience. We're going to start with elevating our learning comments. Everyone who's had a field trip to Shed or their kids have gone to Shed Aquarium know that our classrooms are hard to get to and they're, they're in the basement. We are going to elevate them into that main hallway where the kids will get this majestic view, as you said, the jewel of seeing Lake Michigan and the skyline. So we're elevating the classrooms and we're going to build new habitats. You know, think about how much water in those historic galleries, we are yeah. going to double the volume of water. You're going to literally feel like you're swimming. And you're going to need to come back again and again because there's going to be so much to see over the next five years that's brand new. Mm. And it looks like you guys are doing a lot outside as well. We are. The aquarium experience starts before you go in to the front doors. We have four acres of gardens around the aquarium. We have native pollinator gardens. We generate gallons of honey every year. We want to be able to bring the guests closer to that. And then a learning garden. What does a dune garden look like? And, and really play in nature. We want people to connect with nature right here in one of the biggest cities in the United States. Dr. Bridget Coughlin is the president and CEO of the Shed Aquarium as the future of the Shed is being laid out, and you are you are shepherding it along. Uh, for those that want to go and visit, and maybe they haven't been in a little while, um, what does it take and how do people get in? Do, do we still need to make reservations? We do. You make reservations online. You get a timed ticket. We still have lots of Illinois free days coming up this year, so you can check for that as well. 
and then come in from the cold and we'll transport you to the Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) We could use a little bit of that, right? And you know what? This is the year I am finally going to get a family pass. And why why is it important for you guys for those passes? I mean, that it's got to help, right, To, to support the shed? It absolutely does. You know, many people think of SHED as that place on museum campus in Chicago, but our work extends across the globe. We have conservation research programs in the Great Lakes, down in the Florida Keys in the Bahamas, free school programs in school. We missed doing that last year. We're delighted to be back doing our in-school programs, and that membership helps fuel all those conservation and education endeavors. Outstanding. Well, we wish you the best of luck, uh, obviously, on on all the exciting things that are coming up for the shed. And I know we'll be talking to you more about it as we get closer and closer. Well, I hope we do talk about it, but I also hope you come and and visit me at work. We'll visit you at work Ah, at the shed. Thank you very much, Dr. Bridget Coughlin, uh, the president and CEO of the Shed Aquarium. Come visit her at work. I would uh, like to. I would like cool to, to go to work at, at yeah. the shed, right? Or at one of their satellite offices. Yeah. I'm sure. I think she just mentioned the Bahamas. Okay, yeah, I could go there and work. You got to go check out yeah. the facilities every once in a while, right? Kick some shed. tires, make sure the shed. I've said this before has the best view you've ever seen of the lakefront. Both directions. Oh, it also has an gosh. amazing view of the city when you're out yeah, there. Exactly. You know, and you turn around and look the other direction, like, whoa, that's kind of cool. And then you go inside, and it's got the best view of a shark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is that. Oh, and we're going to learn more about the heartbeat of a shark. Do I have to get that close to it? Is that necessary? Good morning, and happy Tuesday to you. It's Bruce and Judy, and I can tell you, you know, probably like a lot of you, I get those uh, news alerts on my phone, right? Ugh. And I admit, you know, some of these make your your heart sink there was one last month that said you know gunman takes hostages in synagogue uh, in texas you're like oh my goodness you know here we go again and 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 immediately you start wondering playing worst case scenario i admit that's where my my head goes how many people are in there what kind of a is is is, person is this are we going to have some bloodbath right Thankfully, it was averted in that case, and it was averted because of something that someone locally here has been doing. Joining us right now is Michael Masters. He's the CEO of Secure Community Network, uh, protecting the Jewish community. First off, good morning to you. Good morning, Bruce. Thank you for having me. You know, there's an amazing stat out there uh, that you guys uh, have that Jews are the most targeted religious group. While they're only 2% of the U.S. population, they account for 60% of religious-based hate crimes. And your organization is training kind of specifically these religious institutions, these religious leaders, congregants, how to protect themselves against these attacks. Where did this idea come from? Where, where did you, how were you brought to this? Well, unfortunately, Bruce, uh, the history of the Jewish community needing to defend itself goes back, you know, only about 3,000 years. Uh, so, but the, the reality is in the last 20, our community has worked really hard on this issue. We've done it collaboratively with state, local, and federal law enforcement. And that's where the idea came from, uh, conversations between the national leadership in the Jewish community and our partners at the FBI and Department of Homeland Security 
the threat picture is complex, it's dynamic, and we need to be in a position to protect ourselves. And every member of the community needs to face that reality. Mm. So, Michael, who who are you guys? Are you IT guys? Are you investigators? Are you law enforcement? Uh, so, we're first of all, we're a nonprofit organization. We rely on the uh, the the good graces of the Jewish community and other communities to to fund our work. Uh, our team is made up of former state, local, and federal law enforcement, from members of the military to the FBI, Department of State, Secret Service, uh, state, local law enforcement. And we work not as volunteers, but full-time professionals uh, to not just train the Jewish community, but work on physical security and intelligence and information sharing, which is exactly what we were doing uh, just four weeks ago in Colleyville, Texas. Yeah. So, and, and again, that, that, that story played out. I would say, thankfully, the, the rabbi, the congregants were, were safe after this, uh, uh gunman uh, broke in, took them hostage, held them hostage for a while. So if I am a, a, a rabbi, of which I want to assure you, Michael, I am not, uh, th- how do you go about what, how do you train? <laughs> religious men to suddenly defend their church, defend their synagogue. So let me just say that this, we've approached this very much like fire safety. Okay. And in Chicago, we have a long history of this, you know, December, 1958, the Our Lady, the Angels fire here, right in Humboldt Park, 92 kids and, and three nuns lost their lives that day. And after that, we approached fire safety in this country entirely different. Everyone needed to be trained. Um, And that's what we work to do is really stress. This isn't just about the rabbi. It's not just about the receptionist or the principal at the day school. It's about the parents. It's about the congregants um, to be empowered. And unfortunately, that needs to happen not just in the Jewish community, but every every faith-based community. In Texas, it was Colleville last time. But before that, it was a church in Sutherland Springs. Mm -hmm. Before that, White Church, uh, another church in Texas. That's the reality that we're facing in the faith-based community and across this country. What so what do you do? What do you go in and hold like, you know, programs to teach people how to be safe? What what exactly does your organization do? Well, we start with an assessment of the facility, whether it's a school, a day camp or a synagogue. We do the assessment. We identify what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. And then we develop a training program. And that's usually around situational awareness. You know, if you see something, say something. And that's applicable whether you're in a synagogue or a gas station, frankly, in today's day and age. Uh, we, we teach a version of run, hide, fight, which we call countering active threat. And then we also teach stop the bleed. Those are the core three courses that we teach to every member of the community. And we invite other members of other faith-based communities to join us, too. Um, and then it's really a question of, you know, you, you don't rise to the occasion during these events. You fall back to your level of training. And we're just not going to choose the time and place where one of these uh, bad actors comes. So that means we need to choose our preparation, and that's what we're doing. And some of those uh, congregants in Texas said that they relied on this this specific training when this was going down. They uh, they certainly did. I mean, they we did the training with them uh, in August. They did the hard work on January fifteenth, <laughs> and we're yeah. we're just grateful we could be a part of it. Uh, Michael Masters, again, the CEO of Secure Community Network, protecting the Jewish community. Is there something unique about a synagogue uh, when it comes to defending it, when it comes to uh, uh, dealing with a bad actor, as you said, who walks through? Uh, What are the unique challenges around a, a religious institution? 
It's a great question, Bruce, and we, we face this with security. The, the challenge is to remain, how do you remain welcome and opening while being safe and secure, right? Our, our, mm-hmm. our liturgy teaches us to welcome the stranger. So we have to constantly balance that. We have to think through how do you, how do you create access control at the front doors where you can know whether someone's coming in as a threat or whether they just need some assistance. Um, and, and a lot of that goes to the training. It's being able to recognize the signs. And unfortunately, if something bad happens, being able to, you know, take action and commit to action, which is what we teach people. Yeah, that is an interesting kind of a balance. You know, you want the right. you want the front doors of the church open, the synagogue. You well, want to in invite the, people in, but then what? In the <laughs> yeah. Texas in the Texas incident, I believe the rabbi had had some contact with the suspect, correct, right beforehand, that, giving him correct. tea. They they had a protocol um, to check everybody that came in, and with COVID, there were very few people in the synagogue. Thankfully, that morning, um, it could have been an entirely different situation. He made the choice to let the individual in and made him tea. Interestingly, that individual, the offender in that case, said he was prepared to shoot his way in. Um, but, but the fact that the rabbi welcomed him in and offered him tea, you know, we, we don't know how much that changed the dynamic, which mm. allowed them to get out alive 11 hours later. Wow. Uh, thank you. For the work that you're doing, uh, by the way, uh, how can, you know, we, we have plenty of people out there in the religious community. How can they find out more? Where can they go to maybe better protect themselves, their synagogue, their church? Where do they go? So uh, visit our website, www.securecommunitynetwork.org, um, and, and just commit to action. Get involved. Contact us for training. Uh, for, for one of those assessments, we're happy to help our brothers and sisters in the other faith-based communities. But I, I just have to really emphasize to people, you know, when you see something, don't just say something, but be in a position to do something. Because mm. these come down to seconds and moments to, to save your own lives. So we, we've got to commit to action. That's a great point. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. That's uh, Michael Masters, the CEO of Security of Secure Community Network, uh, uh, the, the group that literally trained the rabbi and the congregants over there in Texas. Hope uh, you got to believe saving their lives in yeah, some way, shape, or form. The dynamic for sure. But he said something there that's really interesting. You know, it's 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 having the ability and having at least a minimum level of training that you can react in those situations, right. that you're not paralyzed, that you're not, uh, uh, you don't make the wrong move. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That you all have enough of that training and how sad it is that we're talking about having that training for synagogues, for churches, for religious institutions that have become targets. targets yeah, but it's better to get ahead of it, right? It's better. And, and think <sighs> about it. You're in the situation. I, I well, none of us would know what to do unless we had some training, unless yeah. we did it before, even if it was in a set a fake setting, you know, a training setting. At least you made that move. And in, in this case, it right. completely helped him. I mean, someone threw a chair at the guy. They they did exactly what they were supposed to do. They, they, well, they were trained. They said it was it's unbelievably helpful and it had to have been. And a good morning. A happy Tuesday. It's Bruce and Judy and the 94th annual Academy Awards are uh, going to be uh, coming out just around the corner. And the award ceremony. And it's going to look different in a variety of ways. And and I was having this discussion just talking about movies in general. Will movies and movie theaters ever get back to what they were pre-Pando? Mm. It's hard or, to say. Or, or having movies... They were already kind of 
struggling as it was. Right. right? And then and then when they started coming out on Netflix or HBO Max the same day they're in the theaters, I mean that just fundamentally kind of changed that you had to go to the movie theater if you wanted to watch the latest whatever it might be. And I just don't I wonder if it's ever going to go back. I mean the expense alone you know, people are like, well, I could just watch this in my house. Rather, I, It costs a lot to go see a movie when you add in the popcorn and sometimes the drinks now. Yeah, you've got to have popcorn <laughs> and drinks. Why would you even go if you didn't have those? <laughs> but the um, the Academy Awards, they get they get accused of being a little high and mighty. Uh, you know, films that win are and i happen to like them let's get this straight uh, you know black and white subtitled you know the, those are the ones that win best picture while the big movies maybe don't even get nominations well they they're going to aim to change that this year with the the fan vote the fan favorite Woohoo! so they've added the fan vote just like you know major league baseball now you know all <laughs> these other things where on twitter you can vote for your favorite movie, even if it didn't get any nominations. So, okay. why don't they just give it to the top box office movie? Because the top box office movie is never the best picture. Those are, you know, by almost by design. It's always going to be a superhero film, usually. Mm -hmm. You know, and Spider Man, uh, you know, would yeah, be your bajillion dollars right. this year. And so, if you just want to give that, you can just give it to whoever won the box office. Well, and the fa fan favorite category, it, it reminds me of like at the kids' shows. Yeah, like the kid award. The Nickelodeon does. Yeah, the fan favorite. I'm like, all right, what are you doing, Oscars? You're kind of, it's yeah. Do you not have? Not to mention, it's like now it used to be five movies were nominated. Was that it? Now it's ten movies, twelve movies. Keeps I, getting more. So well, many more movies, and it doesn't have. That's the funny part. It doesn't have to be a full ten. No, it, it's just up to ten. Up too. So if there were not that many, they could do five again if they want to. But There's a can, minimum number of minimum. Um, votes that they have to get to be included as right, a nominee. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, all the standards are wacky these days. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, and I mean, be honest. These award shows, it's subjective. It's, what, are you, what are you saying, Bruce? It's, no. You know, I mean, <laughs> what? You know, somebody's greatest movie is the worst thing you've ever seen, and that that's fine. It's art. Hey, Dave, uh, up on the uh, on the north side, what did you see last year that you really liked? I loved West Side Story. Really? Mm. You know, the critics liked it. It didn't do very good in the box office. Well, uh, wait till after the Oscars. You you think it's going to win some awards, and people will want to go and see it up on the big screen? Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, and I want to make a prediction. I'm ready. Everybody saw the original, and this is in air quotes. That was the Disney version. Spielberg's ain't that version. Got it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, more, to, more of an adult version of West Side Story, not the Disney version of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've yet to Musicals see Musicals never do well in the box well, office, but yeah. a lot of times they win... Awards. Awards. I mean, Awards. look at La La Land. La La Land was a great one, which yeah. almost won Best Picture, but then <laughs> didn't because of the whole thing. But yeah, it's not, you know, unfortunately, the year is not 1958, and uh, Hello Dolly isn't up for nominations. That just, Hollywood's I think moved it's on. so difficult. Well, and, and for me, as someone who did, did movie reviews for years, and again, it's not an exaggeration 100 to 120 movies a year, a lot of stuff, uh, most of them in theaters. Is a Netflix movie the same as a movie at the at the 
at the theater? You, you know like what I'm saying? Yes. Experience, the you know, experience? But, but my or? point is, if it comes out on a streaming service, does it, do I give it the same weight as one yes, that I see? Yes, why you? Because see, now we're adding, this is the subjective part, we're right. adding in, well, you took the time to go to a theater, they spent so much more money on the theater. Right, but, but we used but to say like movie. the streaming ones weren't the same. You know, oh, they were yeah. they were seen as a, a lesser. A movie than. is a good movie. That's the whole point. You have to vote for the you know best movie. It's almost like when TV back in the day used to be considered you know lesser than. Absolutely. You know, like, oh yeah, he's you're a, a TV, TV actor, actor, not a movie actor. You mean yeah. a made for TV movie? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> remember, but think about this: Tom Selleck, TV <laughs> actor, uh, not uh, a movie yeah, actor. actor. Uh, but think about this though. Some of the greatest directors that would go on to make some of the greatest movies of all time. What is Michael Mann's first movie? Do you know? Local guy. Michael Mann, Heat, you know, all that stuff. What is his first movie? Michael Mann? No. The Jericho Mile from like 1976. And it was a made for TV movie. Great. Great film. You are just a wealth of useless knowledge. It's so dumb. I gotta tell you. That (laughs) really is. But yeah, it's, I think it's that same argument. Now that Netflix is catching up, they're spending what? Millions of dollars. They spend Amazon. Look at the actors. It's a bottomless pit of money. How much did they spend on uh, the Irishman? Like $250 million? Look at all the actors. And and Apple, it's like the old studio days where these streaming services, these apps, have basically entered into contracts with directors and or actors to produce material for their channel only. It's like a good book. It doesn't have to be a sweeping saga. It's a good story. It's the same with a movie. You know, if you want to go make that blockbuster and spend a gazillion dollars, okay. But they're also that little movie that costs, you know, a fraction to make and stars maybe some newcomers. Mm-hmm. That... That should get just yeah, as I much tend to like, but I and those Oscars. are the ones I tend to like. I always tell people I go, I look, I like movies that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that brings something mm-hmm. new. And to so the when table. people go, "Did you like Spider Man?" I go, "Yeah, Spider Man was great, but I've seen that movie before. Yeah. I've seen it like forty times before. They just okay. change the the outfit that the superhero is wearing and they move the city around. But yeah, yeah I've seen I've seen that movie. They've got before. that Uncharted movie coming out with your, your Spider Man. I'm yeah. just like, so they they're doing Indiana Jones again. Okay, West Side Story. Not only have you seen that, you've literally yeah. seen that movie before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at least it seems like they've improved. Yeah, upon yeah, the I'm formula. sure it's a different yeah. experience. Not the Disney version. As yeah. we yeah. Disney. That's a great review actually yeah, the <laughs> version. hey good morning uh happy tuesday to you we're gonna jump right into the eight o'clock hour uh taking a look at tinder evening out the playing field with a new blind date feature that will focus purely on conversation not looks we'll tell you more about it at eight forty-five. after eight thirty, we are getting foodie with a restaurateur oh i haven't said that one in a long time joe carlucci from carlucci chicago we'll talk about his 35 years in the Chicago food scene and what's new in the Carlucci kitchen. And in just a few minutes, how has your commute changed? The pandemic may not have killed rush hour, but it seems we're still spending plenty of time in traffic. We want you to tell us what's going on out there on the roads coming up in just a few. But first, an Ohio mayor has resigned after what can only be described as a pretty strange leap of logic when it comes to ice fishing this is the actual audio of a city council committee meeting where they were discussing allowing ice fishing in hudson ohio which is outside of cleveland the conversation went like this additionally if you open this up to ice fishing while on the surface it sounds good 
Then what happens next year? Does someone come back and say, I want an ice shanty on Hudson mm -hmm. Springs Park for X amount of time? And if you then allow ice fishing with shanties, then that leads to another problem, prostitution. And now you've got the police chief and the police department involved. <laughs> Love it. Mm. And you can almost understand you don't want, maybe you don't want a shanty on your public park. If it's a little park where people go and maybe, you know, they it still okay. doesn't get me to prostitution. Right. That's what I mean. But then to jump to prostitution, I, okay, first of all, does someone have a shanty? 312 591 8900. I need to know what the shanty is, what it looks like, how big is it? And are there do, any prostitutes it, in And it? are there any do prostitutes? Do they come with prostitutes? Uh, does it, is it big enough to have a prostitution enterprise? I mean, I'm thinking... It doesn't. They don't. If, the ones I've seen, you know, in books uh, do not appear to be yeah. large enough to run well, a they, prostitution They used to call those, enterprise. what, the, uh, the houses... Of the, the brothel? Yeah, is it a brothel? Yeah. Is it as big as a brothel? Does it's it an have, ice brothel. Does it have a staircase? I mean, how big is it? Mm. There's enough You'd for... You'd be surprised. Yeah. There's, there's some big ones out there these days. Well, Nick, I feel like it's big enough to have, like, three guys and a case of beer. That's that's the poor man's shanty. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the rest of us. Uh huh. That's a, a cheap beer drinking. What's uh, what's yeah. the not what are people shanty? dragging entire houses out yeah. onto the ice? Oh, <laughs> oh, I've seen something the size of like an RV. What? Uh, that's oh yeah. yeah that's they an got ice TVs brothel. in there. And, that's an ice brothel. Yeah, that's an ice brothel. <laughs> that's what they're doing. Prostitution. Like, if I could have an RV out there, I might ice fish. Really. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to. Yeah. Are these hotels out there? I oddly want to go to Hudson, Ohio now because <laughs> I I really feel like I need to get the full uh -huh. experience. I feel like it's a little pond in a park. It's not. I don't know what this guy yeah, was thinking. Yeah, but apparently. <laughs> well, are you thinking that they it's, have? It's one big house of ill repute. Ill repute. Come for the ice Listen, fish and stay for the company. You know, he says his comments were taken out of context. How how is that taken ice out of context? shanty prostitution. I how don't was know. that out of context? There's some leeway between. He those. is the one that was out of context. Oh my goodness, he's the one that equated ice shanty, ice fishing shanties, with the next logical step being prostitution. I think he was thrown off by the word shanty. Why is it a shanty? Well, he's thinking like in Wild West terms. Yeah. Where you, yeah. I don't know where people lived in shanties and would <laughs> prostitute. I just, I don't it, are get Are they it. called something else, Nick? Or are they just for ice fishing? Are they sheds? Are they shacks? Are they, are they only I've heard shack used. I've shack, heard, okay. Yeah. Ryan, do you have an ice shanty? I do. Ooh. Do describe it for me. Um, mine is a flip over. It's in a sled. And then once I get to my spot, I drill my holes and I can flip it over. So it's like a portable, like a portable, um, one that I can pull. Almost sounds like uh, a tent. Basically. Yes. They're, they make them in tents. They make them with sleds attached to tent poles and they're called flip overs. Okay. And then like up in Minnesota, they actually have trailers that they put like, uh, sure. they make them kind of like, kind of like RVs or campers. Yeah. But and you drag it out there. Can, yeah, which yeah, with your car, and you can like drop them down the ground. I mean, some of them are very, very nice, but you know, local cheaper ones are just flip so, over. Well, basically, they're just tents. You stake down okay. in the ice with uh, with spikes, and uh, to get out of the wind is essentially all it is. Yeah, this is you're still not there. you're not selling me on it yet, Ryan. But I do have a, a very important question: Has your ice shanty ever attracted prostitutes? Absolutely not. That's disappointing. Okay, so I. Yeah, what can you do? Do you think to? to... Yeah, maybe you're not doing it right. Have you thought about that? I, 
you know what? And I was up in the Lake Geneva area on Sunday fishing. Yeah. And there's a helicopter going going super super slow uh, and low, like checking. Probably they were probably see how many people they had out. Okay. There, but I'm. You know, I took video. I'm like, nope, they're probably looking for prostitutes out on Prostitutes. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what exactly, it is. Yeah. Yeah. When it's you the see the drones. The DNR, mm-hmm. no. Probably the DNR looking, looking for the prostitutes. I'm R- Ryan, best of luck, by the way, uh, on your fishing, I, the fishing part, not the prostitution part, on the ice fishing. Go get them. I appreciate it. Thanks, <laughs> Hey, I've got some jerky and I've got some fish and beer. Uh, how about you and me head to the shanty and have well, a good time? Well, I was going to say, oh, is, it, is it dating or prostitution at that level? I really don't understand what's going on out there. <laughs> I, it just I, the the issue I have is a little more fundamental, which just comes across as it strikes me that it's uncomfortable just to sit on ice all day. Well, if you have your shanty, you could put a chair in there, or you probably uh-huh. have a little bench. I'm still sitting on ice. I'm just sitting on a chair on ice. Yeah. Right. And if you have a heater, doesn't it melt <laughs> mm-hmm. the ice? I, I was going to say, yeah, I, be, now I've been worried about falling through yeah. the ice. Yeah, if Prostitution yeah, is yeah, the least of my concerns. <laughs> how much heat does that, uh, does that create? The, yeah. you I mean, know. prostitution Ooh, is so Hello. low on my list of concerns. Yes, it's there. I have it's a there. variety of, of ice yeah. fishing concerns, and <laughs> prostitution isn't in the top 100. Well, apparently it should be. <laughs> At least in Ohio. Ohio. I'm doing it wrong. I have been. I haven't even done ice fishing, swear, and I'm already doing I it wrong. I swear to God, tourism's going to spike in Ohio in the winter. It, in Hudson, Ohio. Hudson, they're rushing they're over They're going to be showing yeah, up left and right. People are driving their RV over. Yeah. Because they want to the do some ice fishing. shanties are rocking. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Don't come a-knocking if the shanties The, mayor, the mayor has resigned, uh, uh, <laughs> not just because of uh, apparently the fervor or the uproar around this. Uh-huh. Uh, it does bring into question his... His mindset, it's like one of those people with a one-track mind where everything relates back to that thing. Right. Because I want to see more city council meetings where he just relates everything to, you know, we need to write more tickets for uh, uh, for for um, stop sign, uh, not coming to a complete stop, because if you let those go, you know what happens next? Prostitution. prostitution. <laughs> and, you know, I just, is he one of those guys that equates everything to prostitution? Or, I don't know, does he have some kind of a personal story? What's I mean, he hiding? What, what's he hiding? What's really going on? His mind's in the gutter. Has he been to a prostitution shanty? I think so. Fred Garvin, male prostitute. Oh, my. (laughs) I think that's where he's going with it. So, all right. We wish wish, uh, former Hudson, Ohio Mayor Craig Schubert the best in his future endeavors. I was hoping for a little Gary Newman cars, but uh, okay. Hey, good morning to you. A happy Tuesday. It's Bruce and Judy. And, well, we are we are at a time normally, normally 823. You'd be smack dab in the middle of morning rush hour traffic. And while traffic is still out there, I'm not denying it. Those of you sitting still are like, it has changed. The patterns have changed during the pando as people are some are working from home, maybe they're working different hours, and we were wondering what has changed with your commute? 312-591-8900 and have you noticed the change? You know, one of the things is this new 11 a.m. traffic jam. Yeah. <laughs> the 11 a.m. traffic jam. Horrible. Yeah, like there around, didn't used to be anybody on the no, roads at eleven a.m. I, I think people know because they were all working. They got where they were they're, supposed to go. People are working now, air quotes, but they're like, "Ooh, eleven! I'm going to go to Jimmy John's." 
and get a sandwich. I don't know what whatever they do. I'm going to go drop off the dry cleaning. <laughs> They're right? all going to Jimmy John's. <laughs> I okay. knew it. That's Super what, popular. That's at 11 what I would be doing if I were home and it was at eleven o'clock. And whoop, time for Jimmy John's, which I love, by the way. Anyway, my point is, I go out sometimes. You know, I'm out during the day, eleven o'clock. I am shocked. At the amount of traffic. That was the time where you would go out and do... So, like, I used to work... Run your errands and things. Yeah, in this business, we work weird shifts. We're 24-7, right? So, I remember I used to have Sunday Mondays off. I loved having Mondays off because I could get all my errands done. There's no cars out. There's no one anywhere, really. Now, everyone's everywhere because Mm -hmm. they're not Mm. at the office. It's got to be. This gets into that whole thing about uh, how productive are you at work. Well, how productive are you working from home if you're actually driving in your car to Target in the middle of the day? (laughs) You could be doing. Have you seen those videos of Zoom calls where guys are like clearly in their car and they have a green screen screen behind them? (laughs) I saw one guy on a snowmobile. Yeah, uh, <laughs> on a snowmobile with the green oh screen God, behind him and the so Zoom call, and, and he's riding along, you know, and he has the fake, uh, 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 you know, living room background going. And, and how does no one notice that? They're just like, right. oh, that's weird. He's well, kind he of, fell off, so yeah, they noticed. Yeah, they noticed. The Here's the thing, though, guys. You've worked at radio stations, right, your whole life? Um, which I'll describe as kind of like an office, right? It's, it's an office. It's like it's a really a weird office. Yeah, it's a weird office, but... It's full of I weird could, people. Yeah. I could name... I don't hundreds of people who you're right. They're not on a snowmobile while they're on the Zoom call, but you know they just wasted two hours doing nothing, walking around, talking to people, going sure. to get coffee, socializing, lunch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, don't, trust me, you could sp- spend just or waste, I should say, just as much time in an office in front of your boss as you can in your home. So when you go out at eleven o'clock to get Jimmy John's and you come back. I mean, I might work an extra hour, right? I, I might be on my computer till nine that night. Or at least you won't be hungry. And, and I, won't, be, and I uh, won't be hungry and I and won't you'll be have your hangry. Chimichons. So yeah. that's a good thing. Because I can't tell you how many times I didn't get lunch in the office when, you know, breaking news, whatever it was. There were times where you worked a solid 10 hours without even a break. It goes both ways. I mean, I think it's just we have to look at it differently now. People, they ain't coming back. So what what changes is that going to have? When you talk about, like, fundamentally changing the commute, if rush hour isn't rush hour anymore, what else changes because of that? Uh, think about the Metro schedule. That's a okay. good point. Yeah. Is there okay. anyone on the Metro yet? I don't think so. I think, I think people are trying to use Metro now to go back downtown on the weekends. But as for during the day, during the weekdays, Hmm. And they have their schedules are based on rush hour. Well, but think, so many things in our society are built around kind of this normal nine to five working. Mm-hmm. I, th- I my default is sports. Yeah. Why have games at six seven o'clock at night? <laughs> People have it at four. Yeah, if, you're, if you're having a beer at three thirty four <laughs> yeah. o'clock, the Bulls well. got a three o'clock tip off. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, would I mean, it make any difference? Schedules. That you know? is not. We laugh. I I go to happy hour, maybe every week. Maybe uh, who's asking? <laughs> it people. It is packed. When I, and I go. I can because I can. I work an early shift. I go at where, where, where do you go for happy hour? I go my favorite places. I have to say the yard house. This so happy hour consists of what time is happy hour start? Four okay, to five? Four? No. Four, oh my gosh! Four to six well, or well, seven? Well, that's not that. So happy as the, three, as the guy who doesn't drink, happy hour never meant anything but to me. Here's the thing, Bruce. Happy hour is half price apps, now, yeah, which I've, is a big reason why I go too. I do the my food, point though. is, I get there at four because I can. It's already packed. 
with people who look like maybe they are workers. <laughs> they, have, you know, they could have been more, but we'll they're there at four, at four o'clock. So yes, everything is different. Happy hour at four, there was no, you could get the best table, you could get the best food. No, everyone's there at four because they can be. They mm. might still be working on their phones. I don't know, sitting at the bar. You can't even get a chair at the bar at four. So there's that. Standing so, room only. Everything is shifting because of the pandemic. Every, because And it's all because of people, because the nine to five is different. Right. right. Well, nine fun, to yeah. five, and that spreads out and affects everything, mm. every part of our life. Can you imagine if happy hour starts at like two o'clock in the afternoon? Yes, I can, Tom. I, I bet that'll happen. Oh, I thought you, you were get, asking me. Yes, oh, yeah? I can. <laughs> I'm a day drinker. I, love I can day only drinker. come back to sports where like every day is going to be like March Madness Day. Oh, yes. Where Perfect. people are in the bars at 11. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what yes. I'm saying? And they never leave. All of a sudden, all the Cubs games are day games. They don't even use the lights at Wrigley you anymore. Yes, oh, that, that's how it was games. in the 80s and yeah. 90s. Yes. It w- Embrace tradition. The way God intended it. That's exactly. right. Exactly. <laughs> mm. Hey, uh, <laughs> well, we know that things are changing, needless to say. And will they ever go back? I don't think they're ever going back to 100% of what they used to be. Mm. But the changing traffic, traffic patterns are an example of kind of a real big shift in our community and what again what are some of those other things i've been thinking about what is going to change because of that the standards that we were so used to when you worked nine to five and traffic jam started at 7 a.m and it ended at 7 p.m you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying you had that you had the traditional times that people were in their cars hey good morning happy tuesday it's bruce and judy and uh hey Maybe Valentine's weekend, a lot of restaurants were packed. I saw it with my own eyes. People all gussied up, for goodness sakes. But that doesn't mean we don't have time to continue to celebrate some of the amazing restaurants we've got just around. Get in foodie with Bruce and Judy. Joining us right now is Joe Carlucci, who is, I'm led to believe, Oddly related to Carlucci, Chicago. That, well, that works out well. Look at that. You both have the same name in there. Joe, good morning to you. Good morning. How are the, how are the foodies this morning? So far, mm. so good. You know, you, we talk about, about you, and, and you have quite a history. Over 30 years here in Chicago as a rest, restaurateur. Rest, yeah, the Tour. person that owns restaurants. Uh, I, I got a broad question for you. How has the business changed? Recently or over the years? You tell me. Well, recently, obviously, COVID has affected you know a lot of sure. the lives of restaurant guys. But over over the past thirty years, I think it's got in uh, at least in Chicago and and around some of the major markets in the country, gotten fantastic. Yeah. You know, the talent pool of chefs and managers and you know people that are committed to making our industry great are just you know getting greater and greater and greater. And because of that. Uh, you know, people that are diners are seeing better experiences all across the board on any type of restaurant. So competition all, is a good thing? Competition is a great thing. And, uh, you know, listen, I'd rather be the only restaurant in one town than have 20 <laughs> other restaurants. But at the end of the day, we're all better because everybody else has gotten better. You're here. Years ago, you know, when we first started opening restaurants, if 10 restaurants opened up, only two or three would be good and the rest would be okay. Now, if 10 restaurants open up, all 10 are pretty good. So I think that is one, certainly one way. And I think 
because people have traveled around the world and, you know, have found that uh, they enjoy dining out more, different cuisines, different lifestyles, and they're more anxious and, and uh, looking forward to spending more of their money dining out than they are going to the grocery store. Yeah. Joe, I'll tell you, Carlucci's, one of my favorite restaurants. I was so disappointed when you left uh, Downers Grove. Um, I'm so happy you're open <laughs> again you. in Chicago. And I think it's, it's Thank you. absolutely, I think it's kind of unique. Well, you're like the old school Italian. That's that's my, you know, that's my <laughs> jam. You know what I mean? Real Italian. I, I, Real Italian. Tell us about your location because you're in a high rise, right? Yes, we're in at 400 East Randolph Street. Uh, it's a 40-story condominium building that has 975 condominiums, and we have the commercial space on the first floor. Okay. And it's 160 seats. It's got room for uh, a great outdoor patio, which is part of the reason why we're there, a great bar area, which brings me back to what you were talking about earlier, Judy. Happy hour. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or as it should be called now, happy two hours. Because, you know, more, more and more people love, because they're sitting at home more, working more, going back to your traffic conversation, they're home more, they're working, going to the office late. They get out earlier now. They want to come, and they're at the bar early with their laptops and talking to some of their friends. And uh, so, Joe, so, you're 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 seeing that in in the restaurant business again. We're talking to Joe Carlucci with Carlucci Chicago. You're seeing a, I call it a change in pattern when people are showing up and how they're using your restaurant. Yes, you know, I mean, well, we're only three months old here at this restaurant, but right. the the uh, we see people coming in earlier, you know, to actually work in the bar. And they'll they'll come in and finish their day from 4.30 to 6 o'clock, and then just kind of hang around for another hour or two. Sounds and, fantastic. You know, because of that, yeah, because of that, we, st you know, our happy hours weren't going to start until April or May, but now we're starting next week. And uh, so, you know, I think starting on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday of next week, we start our official happy two hours with... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, who needs a coffee? Who needs a cafe when you can have an old-fashioned sitting at a bar doing oh, your work? And some pasta. My, fa my favorite drink, by the way, is, is and, and our bartender, Nancy, makes an unbelievable one. So, yeah, no, there, there are definitely uh, what you were describing, traffic patterns and dining patterns and drinking patterns. We mm -hmm. see more people wanting to hang out on the bar side than the restaurant side some days because they're – they're working and socializing or networking. Wow. I love eating at the bar anyway. That's one of my favorite things to do. And the thing about like Carlucci's, I feel like you guys are, you, there's something, and maybe it's because of the pandemic, there's something about your restaurant that's comforting to me. You know, it kind well, of harkens back to a better day. And I, and I wonder if that's what other people think. Well, I don't know about that, but certainly, you know, that's why I, our eyes are, you know, on the front side of our head. You know, we just have to look forward. And I think better days are ahead of us. I, I, I love your attitude, Joe, by the way. He's Joe Carlucci. Uh, again, the, the, the new, the latest, uh, iteration of Carlucci Chicago there in, in Lakeshore East. Because, you know, when you think about it, your industry, and we've had the, the opportunity, the pleasure to talk to a lot of, uh, uh, of different people who are involved in the restaurant business here. The last two years have been, 
indescribable i think for for most of them i mean it's nothing that your your wildest nightmare or dreams could have could have come up with i think there's a lot of credit to the those of you that have managed to to stick it out and survive what do you what there, do you attest that to well i i think there's a commitment to to what we do we love what we do most restaurateurs really love what they do so there's you know there's no one that escaped pain through this mm through this last couple of years and um you know it's it's i think people gather around to help each other this is a great community in chicago i can tell you because i'm a new yorker this doesn't happen in new york you know chicago is a great city and a great place to be in the restaurant business and people help each other out and i think that helps people get through that so um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's no escaping what, what happened the last couple of years. You know, when we built this restaurant, we started two years ago and thinking that, you know, we only had a year's project to do and it turned out to be a little over two years yeah. and some of it were delays and some of it, but overall the experience was great. We met new people, you know, we had, uh, you know, some, some interesting experiences along the way that you had to adapt to and um you know so but overall whenever there's a new restaurant there's a lot of optimism in the air around people so it's great you are you are like a motivational speaker Mm. i'm ready to go run (laughs) through a wall for joe i'm just gonna have to eat my way through his restaurant when i go to your restaurant joe what do i absolutely have to have well you have to have our babinato which is the uh a pasta that's tossed in a wheel of Parmesan cheese at your table. And uh, always a showstopper for, you know, people that have never seen it. You know, I've been doing it for a long time, and I'm always amazed at people's reaction to it. There's a lot of flavor. on. There's some prosciutto on the bottom, so it gives you a saltiness and a sweetness of the cheese and then a freshness with some basil right on top of it. It's, it, it's fantastic. And uh, my, one of my favorites is the uh, duck pappardelle which is kind of a um, a ragu with duck instead of traditional meat sauce. Mm. So those, those are the things that are selling really well. And, uh, you know, what we're, what we're trying to do over there is really sell a whole Italian experience, not just food. So, you know, we really want to capture you and make sure that you folks have a lot of fun, but we're very serious about our food and the commitment that we have to it that's good. But really, at the end of the day, it's about having a great experience. Here, here, we're coming over. Don't, I can practically oh, yeah. see you from here, so we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> reserve be, the corner booth for yeah. us visiting you're, Carlucci. Yeah, you recognize me by the forehead. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> Copy that. High five on the way. Thank you so much for your time today, Joe. We really hey, appreciate no it. No problem. Thank you guys for your commitment to uh, to you know to making our industry fun hey. and having these segments on it's really great well it's easy to do with people like joe carlucci and carlucci chicago uh right over there randolph uh you can't miss it it's right it's literally across the river from us here what are we doing sitting here we need to go and hang out with uh, carlucci chicago we love them get in foodie with bruce and judy they don't make songs like that anymore all right hey good morning to you happy tuesday bruce and judy with you uh dj tom over there working that and tinder the dating app is making some changes which i think are ridiculous because they basically make it not tinder what tinder (laughs) is telling you is 
that the way we've been doing it is all wrong. Why? Right. Let's explain Tinder first of all, because I my perception of Tinder is hookup, right? It's a big part of it, okay. and it's based on your profile picture. There's a picture of you, and then there's some. You can write a little something about yourself. Nobody ever reads it. You swipe right if you like it. Swipe left if you don't. If you think they're attractive, men and women, you know, either, either direction, right? You're swiping, and and then if both of you swipe that you like each other's picture, you're you're matched. Well, they're going to get rid of the picture. It's Tinder blind date. And so you're going to actually have to read like their profile to decide whether or not you like somebody. I can tell you what I won't be using. That is ridiculous. Isn't that what all those other things already are? This is what I'm going to take like a personality profile and see who I match up with. That's well, ridiculous. The last thing I want is that. Do you hear what you're that. saying, though? What are you going to just do it on by looks oh, alone? Looks alone? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Hotter wins. Uh, really? You, uh, that is so funny. I have been out with guys who are unbelievably attractive, dumb as a rock, waste of my time. Now I've got to, uh, no, it's not all about looks, right? Yeah, it is. you got to be able to, to speak, to form words, sentences. Hmm. All right, well, then you're right. You probably belong on Tinder and I belong <laughs> on, um, I don't know. You belong on, what's the video date match. thing, you know? Ma- isn't it Didn't they used to do that? Match, what do you yeah, mean? Ma- like match. you know, video date service where back in like what, like the eighties and nineties, oh my God, you could put, you could tape yourself yeah. and send in the tape. Right? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, how come I don't remember this? Okay, well because, that's a good idea. Because you probably you'd make had a, a mini movie life. of yourself. Yeah, you'd be like, "Hi, my name is Jim. I live in uh, Manaqua. <laughs> and uh, don't mind know, the really, bars. This is an no. abomination. <laughs> I mean, the entire idea behind Tinder was it was all about your looks. That's where selfies okay, came they- from. That's where filters. came came from where it's where catfishing came from if it's all mm. about your looks then i think what you're saying is tinder is what i thought it was just about hooking up yes yeah i think tinder, wants, to, I think tinder wants to be more it's not a bad is that if that's what you want some people want to date and have a relationship but my, not what are they just doing on sex. tinder that's I, my point i don't know that's, what are you people well, can, uh, tinder, 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 showing tinder up and they're wants, ruining tinder tinder wants to be a dating service right not just a hookup service if I wanted that, I'd open an ice fishing shanty. Yeah. <laughs> Attract all the Well, that, that is Tinder. I think you can find that on Tinder. You might need some Tinder to start a fire out there. Jeez. But yeah. It just I, seems to be okay. it, it, like flies in the face of what they are. How many people really, I, I really, mm. I am, this is a, a valid question I'm asking, put up a, a picture that really shows what they look like? 2%. Okay. I certainly wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would have to right, do so a little right bit there, of doctoring. It's, you're already. Well, it's, it's already not my fault. Of, my face looks like yeah, the back of a spoon. It. You know, it, it just so is what it is. What's wrong with just having a couple lines about you before I see your picture? I'd like to know if you're able to, you know, form a sentence. Mm. Have a coherent thought. Don't yeah, you're, you're, you're not, not using Tinder. That's not what Tinder's for. <laughs> well, that's what Tinder obviously wants to be because that's what they're doing. Blind date Tinder. It sounds horrific. Yeah, you you try out the feature. You answer a series of ice breaking questions like, <laughs> "It's okay to wear a shirt blank times without washing it." I put ketchup on. All right, if those are the questions, then you're not finding anything yeah, out no, anyway. Not, but no. whatever. Hello. And then based on that, you'll get matched up, and you'll like if you like the responses, then you can see the picture. So instead of swiping right on the 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 picture you think is cute. You're going to swipe right on their answer to questions about what they put ketchup on. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I like my picture idea better. I got to tell you, I think my I think the picture concept is a is a hell of a lot better in the long run. Yeah, so Tinder is trying to change itself uh, and go with a blind. Tinder is trying option. to be more tender. Yeah. Ten, well, can you imagine? Some what are some of those? Aren't those other ones? But isn't that what they are? Like Match.com or some well, of those? Isn't like that a kind serv- of? It, that's more like a service. But you answer questions yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. a personality right. and profile. And they match you up. And uh, you, if you you're looking decide. to go get married, knock yourself out. That's where you go. That's not what Tinder is. I think it's <laughs> dating. It's, it's not married. It's dating. Mm. Tinder is way over here. I might not see you tomorrow, and that's very likely. I might not even see you tonight. Yeah. Your face, mm-hmm. but I'll yeah. see something. No, you should leave at some yeah. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Still you, might be one of the reasons. You might need a shanty. You might need a shanty. You say it like it's a bad thing. I'm going to Hudson, Ohio anytime now and getting my shanty out there <laughs> and opening up my house of ill repute floating on the, uh, on, the, on the ice. Might be one of the reasons why you think we're going to hell in a handbasket. Don't worry. Judy says she can restore your faith in humanity. Well, there was a big show of love on Valentine's Day in Hoffman Estates. After a hateful act almost took it away, the community stepped up to deliver hope. Last week, the mayor posted on Facebook asking for cards to help brighten Valentine's Day for seniors in the area. People could drop off a card on his front porch and take a Hershey's kiss in return. A day later, the chocolate and the cards were all gone. So after another post urging the return of the stolen cards and candy, Elementary school kids and others started making new ones. The mayor says he got about a thousand cars, so they were able to spread even more love. It's outstanding, right? Great way to restore your faith in humanity. And also, we uh, need to take a quick moment and thank, uh, well, all the people it takes to put this thing together, including MG and the Posse over there in Mission Control. Thank you for all of your work. Our infant producer, Miranda, on the other side of the double pane, bulletproof glass, doing her work. DJ Tom Hush. And Nick Gale. Don't worry. Nick is sticking around. He's got the news, the traffic, and some changing weather. Weather that you're going to need to (laughs) probably plan on, at least for your Wednesday and Thursday, all right? It's all coming up next right here on 890 WLS.